Hello, everybody. This is uh, Dan Whitney, also known as Larry the Cable Guy. I've also been known as Mater. I've been known as a lot of stuff. Today, I'm known as uh, the host for Talking Truth, the co-host for Talking Truth with uh, Brian Clark. Brian? Right. Right here. Are we, this is a fun show. We're right on. I'm having a good time. I'm having trouble with my cable, by the way. Can you fix that? I'll call an actual cable guy to come out and check it out. <laughs> okay. Right? Talk about a bad movie, the cable guy. <laughs> anyway, we're going over, we're in Genesis, Genesis 39. Uh, the title of this, Brian's going to read, The Lord is with him. He's going to read this. And then uh, Nat uh, Crawford's our special guest. He was on the last two. Uh, so uh, You buy two, you get one free. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And so uh, mm-hmm. he'll be commenting. We'll comment afterwards. Hopefully this will... This will help you out a little bit. Life is unfair, folks. Life is unfair. So here's the deal. How are we going to keep from getting discouraged or destructive in our thoughts about ourselves and others? Okay, now that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to continue looking at the life of Joseph. And uh, you think that your family was a mess. Joseph's family was crazy. (laughs) But God turned it out for good. So uh, hopefully this will be helpful to some folks out there. Brian, take it away! All right, here we go. So what do you think of when you hear phrases like, the Lord was with him and extended kindness to him? Or this one, the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made him to prosper. Sounds a bit like what's called the prosperity gospel today. It's the idea that God wants you to live a life of health wealth, and prosperity. In other words, the great reward of faith is a life of luxury. But before we're too quick to believe that message, let's take a closer look at the story of Joseph. Joseph has been sold into slavery. He belongs to Potiphar, who is the captain of the bodyguard. As a matter of fact, in the Hebrew, his title is actually captain of the executioners. This was a dangerous and powerful man in Egypt. This does not seem good. Yet, the text of Genesis states the Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man. I mean, the text even tells us that the Lord caused all that he did to prosper. So what do you think of when you hear the Lord was with him? As a matter of fact, that phrase will be repeated seven times in our story today. Yes, he's prospering. As a slave in Egypt, maybe at this point in the story, we start to think everything's going to work out okay for Joseph. I mean, after all, okay, the Lord was with him. Enter Potiphar's wife. She lusts after Joseph and keeps trying to seduce him. Every time Joseph responds with integrity, he tells her he could never do this great evil and sin against God. One of the most common questions I hear these days related to sexual sin is, well, who does it hurt? Well, for starters, it hurts God. It's an act of rebellion against God, and Joseph refused to do it. But Potiphar's wife kept coming at Joseph. Finally, she physically grabs him to pull him down, but Joseph pulls away and flees. Boy, if I had a dollar every time this happened. Ain't that the truth. Hmm. In the process, she tears Joseph's garment. Now her emotions turn to anger, from a woman lusting to a woman scorned. She accuses Joseph of trying to rape her, 
and provides the torn piece of Joseph's garment as proof. The text tells us that Potiphar responded with anger. However, it doesn't say who he is angry with. Most scholars think he was angry with his wife. It's likely this wasn't the first time she had fooled around. And Potiphar knew of Joseph's integrity. But now his wife's irresponsible behavior has cost him a slave that prospered in everything he did. This was a big loss to Potiphar. But what could he do? He had to save face, so he threw Joseph in the king's prison. This was the worst of the prisons. Most in the king's prison would eventually be executed. Joseph would have had shackles around his neck and ankles. But immediately after the text tells us Joseph was thrown in prison, it states, but the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him. Really? I mean, come on, the Lord was with him? The Lord was kind to him? We typically don't associate those statements with being falsely accused and thrown in prison. Doesn't sound like prosperity to me. Not very luxurious. We tend to think if things are unfair or don't make sense, that God isn't with us, that God doesn't love us, or maybe God's punishing us. But clearly, that's not always the case. The Lord was with Joseph. God is up to something. With great faith, Joseph will have to keep doing the right thing and trust God. God never promised a life of health and wealth and prosperity. That may be what we want, but that doesn't make it true. That thinking also sets us up for a lot of confusion and disappointment when we do the right thing and things don't seem to work in our favor. We want to make deals with God, but there are no deals. Sometimes we do the right thing and we get falsely accused and we get treated unfairly. Sometimes bad things happen to us. That's life in a fallen world. That doesn't mean God isn't with us. It doesn't even mean that God's not kind to us. It doesn't mean he's punishing us or mad at us. It does mean God is up to something, and we need to trust him. Pretty much every hero of the faith in the Bible suffered difficult and confusing times in their lives. Why would we be exempt from the same? What's next for Joseph? Well, we'll have to wait and see. But for now, what would it look like for you to trust God today? What would it mean for you to do the right thing today, even in the midst of the most unfair circumstances? The Lord is with you. Trust him. Let's bring in Dan and Nat. Let's talk about this. Whew, Potiphar's wife. What a skis. <laughs> she, she's some trouble. And I that's think for you're sure. right. I think that she'd done it a bunch, and that's who he was mad at. Yeah. But he had to save face because he was whipped. Yeah. You know, and an interesting part of the story is sometimes these. Officials, when they got high enough in the Egyptian rank, they uh, would turn them into eunuchs. They'd castrate them so that they couldn't produce offspring for some sort of a takeover. So mm. it's possible that was true of Potiphar. And so his wife went looking 
And this probably wasn't the first time this has happened. It's right out of History of the World, you know, yeah. Mel Brooks' film right there. No, I'm yeah. telling you, yeah, that's totally. what happened. He didn't want to, you know, her to be mad. You know, he's a short, fat guy, and she's gorgeous. Yeah, and, well, and he can't side with the slave. Right. No, and he can't side with the slave. Yeah. The yeah. thing that – so I reread this again recently, and it's just so interesting that everything happening here – is very discouraging mm-hmm. and seems so unfair. It is unfair. And yet the repeated phrase, the Lord was with him, the Lord was with him, and even adding the Lord was kind to him. And that's really not what we're thinking when we're reading the story. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely tough. I mean, if you put yourself in those shoes, I mean, man, you better be strong in your faith yeah. because there's no way. Yeah, I mean, so confusing. Yeah. Well, and 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 yet you see continued faithfulness from Joseph, and it seems like those two things go hand in hand. The Lord is with him, and he knows that. Therefore, he can respond well. I mean, and I think about my own life, my own situations where things are disappointing, things don't go as planned, and my first thought, honestly, is not God's with me, and so I don't respond well. But yet for Joseph, it's just this time and time again, the Lord is with him. The Lord is with him, and he responds well. So it is kind of a curious question. Where does that come from? I mean, we've talked a lot about Jacob and the dysfunctional mess in his home. So where does Joseph get this remarkable faith to keep trusting God in the midst of such difficult circumstances? Well, didn't, I mean, didn't he already have examples? He's already had examples of how how he was saved from the pit, from the from the caravan there, and uh, and just he stayed, he was always faithful to God. He didn't blame God for being thrown by his brothers. He didn't really, you know, we don't have any mention of him. Yeah. He always stayed faithful to God, and then, now he's got that momentum, and once he gets into this situation, he just had enough faith that God's going to do something. That's what I think about yeah. it. So it's building. But I think I would also say, you know, we can be pretty hard on Jacob, and Jacob was a real piece of work, but there must have been something happening with Jacob and in that family that taught Joseph something about God that caused him to trust God even in the midst of very difficult circumstances. Right. It's probably the other side of Jacob that was also there. Well, what do you think it was? I mean, I don't I am I don't know. What do you think it was? I think ja- there's still that side of Jacob. You know, when we went through the part of Genesis with the Jacob story, he's it's confusing. He has these moments where he seems like he trusts God and does amazing things, right. and then there's these moments like what are you doing? But I think there is a side of Jacob that knew God, that trusted God, and obviously he must have taught his son, and this is now coming to bear in this circumstance. I don't know where else where else Joseph would learn this. It had but, to come from Jacob. Yeah, it had, definitely. Yeah. And, and it stuck, yeah. and that part yeah. really stuck. Yeah, very interesting, yeah. And he saw, he saw the, and I guess Jacob was just one of those people that when Jacob was faithful, he saw the things that were good about yeah. that. And then when he wasn't, he saw the things that were bad and he didn't want those bad yeah. parts of yeah. it. 
So yeah, even like we talked about in the last episodes, like there were uh, there were things going on that were a mess. But even in the midst of the mess, God is there and He's faithful, and there's good that it's come that's come out of this. Mm, right. And and surprisingly, Joseph seems to have a really strong faith. Mm. Quite contrary to Judah. Well, I, you know, I'm not, not to bring a bunch of personal stuff into this because I don't need the whole world knowing my stories. But, you know, my dad was kind of like that. You know, my dad was a preacher, but man, he did some crazy stuff that had nothing, nowhere near was Christian. Hmm. And, I mean, I'm not perfect, but I, I took the good parts of it. Of there's no way I should have ever grown up to love Jesus, because I was, you know, that was hypocrisy 101. But I took, I took the best of it, and I knew that it wasn't God's fault. You know, humans are humans. God's perfect, so I took the best of that, and and when I was growing up, I mean. I, I kind of, you know, I had that faith mm-hmm. that I always knew was there. Obviously, I screwed up a bunch of times, but I never left that, never left that. Um, so I can see how uh, Joseph probably saw certain things and he didn't want to be a part of yeah. that. So he went a different direction. And his faith was to the point where when it's bad, I'm staying faithful, you know. Yeah. Well, and I, yeah. Oh, thanks for sharing that part of your story because that's actually really helpful. Well, uh, yeah. Helpful to a lot of people, I think. I made it up. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, you're telling my story again. (laughs) Quit doing that. that. I'm sorry. I'm telling that. Oh, good grief. Here we go again. I think it's fascinating, though. And I I think that's really good discussion. And it really helps me reevaluate Joseph and how he's responding because we do have the opportunity to look back at the people who came before us, our parents, friends, and we get to see, again, their best and their worst. And through it all, we get to see God's hand in it. And I do wonder, though, Joseph could have easily been like Jacob, easily. He could have given in to temptation. He could have gone AWOL and gone down a path he shouldn't have, but he didn't. What do you think would have happened in the story, if he would have yeah. acted on the opportunity with Potiphar's wife or anything yeah. else? It's a great question. Uh, one of the things that fascinates me with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all the way through these stories is you you have God's plan and purpose, and the seed's going to travel through these generations, but you also have people with the freedom to make choices, and we've seen that in all these stories. Sometimes they make a mess of things. Mm-hmm. So this story have, has to work its way through, and the seed's got to travel through someone. But it does create an interesting conversation. What if Joseph would have biffed it and had his little affair with Potiphar's wife? He probably would have been put to death, I would guess. He probably yeah, that would short have. story. I don't yeah. have much doubt about that. Huh. So, yeah, then it changes the trajectory of but the whole God story. But God knew that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. God knew Joseph. Yeah. God knew his heart. Yeah. God knew what he would do and what he wouldn't do. Yeah. That's why God had him in the situations yeah. he had him in. Hmm. But he, Joseph still has a, a will to choose. I mean, it's both. It's both. What you're saying is true. 
I don't know. I guess we end up with a big I don't know because that's not what happened. That's yeah. That's He's impressive. Happened. He's really impressive in this story. Well, but I think Joseph maybe in his heart understood that concept that the Lord desires obedience over sacrifice, the coming back, right? And and again, maybe that's the benefit of him looking at Jacob and seeing both sides of the of the coin where God is faithful regardless of our faithfulness. But what a testimony and also what a sense of of um, blessedness or, or healthy pride to know I actually followed God while God was with me in the worst of circumstances. So that's a neat thought. But there is something in here that I've been wrestling with. Maybe you have two guys. It says that uh, Joseph, you know, was, there, was, there was a prospering for him. He would prosper. He was, what does that even mean? Because when I think prosper, I'm thinking health, wealth, and a full head of hair. And let's be honest, he's not experiencing all that except for maybe that full head of hair. So what exactly does prosper even mean biblically when we come to this text? Well, I mean, doesn't that mean he can prosper spiritually? I mean, with his examples and what people later on will come to read about him and it will change their lives doesn't isn't that a form of prospering? I think it could be. I, I think as a slave, he's not making lots of money, but I think whatever he's touching, good things are happening, which gets the attention of his boss. Mm. Right. So I think we maybe would use the word blessing. Prosperity does has the sense of making lots of money. Right. It maybe more a sense of blessing, like whatever this guy touches, everything seems to go well, mm. and and his. Higher ups were noticing that, which is what ultimately gets their attention. Hmm. That doesn't mean, though, if we're faithful to God, that everything we do is going to be prosperous, does it? Or does it? Well, I guess it again goes to how you define prosperity. Right. You know, the more we trust God and walk by faith, and the more God can use us. It may not be prosperous in the world's economy, but before God. Yeah, before uh, God, it's prosperous. I mean, we're not on this world that long. We're in eternity forever. Hmm. So uh, all those things that uh, you'll be prospering there—that's for sure. Yeah. Well, and it all shows, those, and all those things make a difference. You know. Well, it shows God again will use you where you are at, regardless of the circumstance and regardless of what's happening around you. He simply is asking you to show up. Because he is there with you. Yeah, and in this story, he, he's still there. Right. He's still kind. He still has a plan. So for all our discouraged listeners that feel like God has abandoned them or God could never use them, it's just a reminder. God's still in the story, and the story's not over, and you just have to trust him. Right, and prosper could be, and, and prosper could be just like a happy heart and, and a hopeful mind and... I mean, that's prosperous. I yeah. mean, in the world we're living in today, with uh, you know, with all the sadness and all the infighting and all the hatred, knowing Jesus and knowing that you are, were going to heaven when you die, and your mind is free of all that, and you're able to navigate situations on this earth, that's prospering. That's prospering mm-hmm. mentally. That's prospering and giving you a fulfilled, happy life. That's prosperous. 
we, have we ended this yet? Add on to that. I want to add one thing on. All I know is if I came out of the shower and Potiphar's wife was there, I know for a fact she'd be dressing me with her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. For a fact. Hey, Brian here. I just want you to know a little bit about our sponsor, Go Tandem. You may be familiar with workout apps. Well, GoTandem is a spiritual fitness app that's designed to meet you where you're at spiritually and nourish and strengthen you with God's Word. It's a great way to add a spiritual fitness routine to your life. So download GoTandem today. It's free. Give it a try. That's GoTandem, T-A-N-D-E-M. And now it's time for me to go. So have a great day, and I hope you'll join us again here on the next episode.